0: All right, let's just lift our hands towards heaven again. Just We just can't thank him enough, can we? And praise him enough and magnify his name. Lord, we magnify your name today in this place. We thank you that each heart, not only those that are here live in the service, but those that are watching by internet, Lord, that you will uh, touch each heart, lift each spirit, amen, increase our faith, um, increase our hope and our expectancy. We give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well we had a again if you're watching by internet we we greet you again. We're back here in um, holiday in our in uh, our church which is the best place to be on the planet as far as I'm concerned. I'm always excited to get here and See what good things the Lord has for us. Amen. God is so good. We have so much to be grateful and thankful for. And um, so uh, hopefully you were able to catch some of the Gulf Coast convention was was also live streamed. And I think it's archived. So if you want to go back and find that wonderful sessions, wonderful teaching, wonderful ministry. Uh, uh to the body of Christ and those that gathered we had people from all over the uh the country come it wasn't a huge crowd i think uh folks are still in many cases being cautious about you know meeting up and all that and that's not anything for me to judge each person has to do what they are comfortable doing amen but uh we had those who did come we had a great time again they came from all over the United States, different states. We had people from North Carolina, Georgia, where all help me, uh, Minnesota, um, Tennessee, uh, d- just different states that, uh, people came from. And, uh, well, the, uh, the Gauls were there. They came from Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> and, uh, so we, we, you know, people made an effort to, to get there. And, um, we had a word from the Lord from our, our dear sister, Barb williams from she's a I believe a prophet of the Lord, and she um, is recognized as a as a reliable prophet. You know how you know if your prophet's reliable or not is if any of their stuff comes to pass if if they're always missing it, you begin to wonder you know your gift ain't working too hot here, but uh, when 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 what they say comes to pass, then you tend to rely on it, amen. So it's not very, that difficult to know. I wonder how you recognize a false prophet. Well, what are they saying? And does it, does it work or not? You know, if it doesn't work, well then forget it. But Sister Barb is reliable and she gave us a great word from the Lord about the meeting and that it would not necessarily be, of course we kind of knew this going in, it would not necessarily be that, that, uh, great of a meeting as far as a quantity, but quality would be, you know, the top. And that it would have, uh, far reaching, um, you know, um, consequences, good ones, amen, uh, results, I guess we would say, um, from the meeting and that it, it was a, there was a lot of symbolism in it from, from the Lord, amen. Um, and one is that because it's in the state of Florida, uh, she had said this prophetically that the state of Florida is the most open state, uh, where it comes to our continued freedom to move about of any place on in the United States, maybe even the world. And that that had a great the great spiritual significance as well. Amen. Yes. And I'll tell you what, even if even if we get locked up again or whatever, uh, I've already made a decision. This can go on TV or wherever you want to put it. I'm not shutting the church down again. We, w- we won't do it. We'll have church. Scarlett and I'll show up. And if we're the only ones here, we'll still have church. But, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna have services. I don't care what we're told. Uh, you know, there's a time to obey all the things and as, mu- as much as you can. But when your freedom is being challenged by, uh, uh, a government improperly, uh, you know, you have to make a decision, be led of the Lord, of course. And it's not in the spirit of rebellion, but it's in the spirit of standing up for what's right. Amen. Yeah. And so, you know, if they shut down Walmart and Costco and the grocery store and the liquor store and other, every other kind of place, then maybe we'll consider it. But I'll tell you what, you know, you've you got more people there that you're pressed up against. Uh, they didn't, Notice they didn't close Walmart for Black Friday. And uh, how many hundreds or thousands of people are smashed together with that? And that's okay. You won't get COVID there, but you'll get it at church. How ridiculous is that? So you don't have to be too smart. I'm getting all snotty here this morning. It's my church, my microphone, praise God. But you don't have to be too smart to figure out that there's something else going on. It's And it's an attack on the church. It's an attack on the word. And now they're talking about, you know, having a plan to, to go house to house and take the guns. And I'm thinking, well, what they're trying to do is take our guns, our Bibles... Our, our right to worship. And, uh, if you let socialism and communism take over, before you know it, they take the food right out of your, off your plate. Uh, and then you're at their mercy. And so in Jesus name, I'm for one, I ain't, I ain't doing it. I ain't laying down and being run over by a bunch of freaks and fruitcakes. Hallelujah. Let me tell you how I really feel. Praise the Lord. But, you know, you you take it and take it and take it, and then you just go, okay, this is out of hand. And I'm sorry, it's all out of hand, and it's going to get worse, I think, before it gets better, just to be honest. But uh, your pastor here, every time we announce we're having service, we'll show up and have it. Amen. And if they take us all to jail, we'll have church there. Praise the Lord. bunch of bums. All right. Turn to Mark. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Don't you love the Lord? Don't you love the Lord? Has a sense of humor. Uh, I, every every morning I, I look in the mirror. I think, oh, God's got a sense of humor. Look at that, you know. Praise God. Mark 10 and verse uh, 17 I'm going to preach about the hundredfold return, and just straight from the Word, it's in the Bible. We ought to know what it's about. Amen? And, uh, you know, maybe somebody presented this once to you, and you didn't like it the way they did it. Well, that's fine. But um, it is in the Bible, and we need to see what it says. Actually, this scripture is pretty important. It's got several things going on, not just one thing. It's got several things going on. And one is... Uh, it's the message of grace and finished work is here. Amen. Yeah. And uh, talking about always, you know, eventually we'll see this. But one of the greatest things that Jesus said to this young man that came to him is one thing thou lackest. And if you get in the law and try to keep the law for the sake of points with God, merit system, you will always lack. You will always fall short. The church itself, and the church world, moves the peg down the line. Every time you think you've... You're, it's like the dogs in the dog race chasing that mechanical rabbit. The dogs don't know the race is fixed. And they've got it fixed to where you will never catch that rabbit. But the dog thinks he can. And that's the trouble with merit-based... Uh, Theology, merit-based theology is that the rabbit that you're chasing is fixed. So, uh, it, it, you can never catch it. And about the time that you, uh, about the time that you think you can, you know, they, they change the rules. The Church of God of Cleveland, Tennessee, <laughs> they used to have rules that it was a sin, to wear any jewelry, because of a mis, a misunderstood scripture, it says, "Let not your outward adorning be in the how you cut your hair and wearing of gold." It's saying, "Don't let it be that," and we made it that. <laughs> that that meant, and it says wearing of apparel. So if you're going to not cut your hair and not wear jewelry, you should take off your clothes too, if you're going to follow that in that way. And finally, some people, I guess, learned the king's English was able to read. And finally, you know, could figure out that, that the law needed changing. But it was funny because the year, the General Assembly, the year that they'd made that decision to, to, uh, you know, finally voted in that that was ridiculous and remove it off the books and let the women look like women instead of men in a dress. Because God hates Nair and everything, you know. God likes women with hairy legs and armpits, apparently. 'Cause you know, that's the way that Pentecostal women had to look. Isn't that horrible? It's always against Scarlet has Pastor Scarlet said it's always against the women. Religion is always anti anti female. It always picks on the women. It does. Uh the devil hates women. And uh it's usually the women that are doing all the praying and a lot of times a lot of the giving in the church, and the, the devil hates it and he's and he's always used it against them. But it's funny because all the preacher's wives with General Assembly that year that they voted out. Ah, this is back in the in the early 80s. Um, nothing like being 50 years behind, is there? But they finally uh, voted this out and everything. And the minute that they did, everybody said, if you were in the auditorium, you could hear the pocketbooks. Because they brought their jewelry with them, anticipating that the vote would go through and popped on all their rings and earrings and everything right in the session." I love that story. Because <laughs> they're waiting for freedom, see. But somebody said, so one minute, see this is the trouble with the law. One minute it's a sin, you'll go to hell, can't be a member of the church, and the next minute it's okay. So, you see what I mean? The peg gets constantly moved, you never know. You can't follow that stuff. you got to follow the Word and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Hallelujah. Folks, there's freedom in Christ. You can wear earbobs. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> Praise God. Sing in the choir with lipstick on. Right in front of God and everybody. Turns out God does like Nair. Hallelujah. Most husbands do. All right. Um, so that's the trouble. And this, that's part of what this lesson is about that's the trouble with law-keeping as some sort of way to heaven and you can't get there now mark 10:17 says when he was gone forth into the way there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him good master what shall i do that i may inherit eternal life notice the problem with the question How many under grace can see there's a problem with the question? What must I do that I may inherit or earn eternal life? Well, you can't do anything. (laughs) You have to follow Jesus. You have to trust him, which he eventually tells the guy. And he rejects it. It's not just just that he's holding on to his money here. He's holding on to his system. He's holding on to his way to heaven. Now, you do know that on the day of Pentecost, that the the first mass meeting that was held, that kind of got together impromptu, shows you don't have to plan for a year, if you have the Holy Ghost, to have a camp meeting. But I'm telling you, the, the, the impromptu meeting that came from the upper room. Think, that's church growth amazing, isn't it? They come out, there's 120 in the church. Be about enough to fill this auditorium. <laughs> we could double it if we squeeze in. But, uh, I think we had 220 in here, plus a few people over there. But, 110, think about that, how, how, that's, that's, if you packed one side of this church building, that's how many there are. So the 120 in the entire church of the Lord Jesus Christ, universal. And they go from that for the first outdoor meeting on the day of Pentecost to 3,120. That's, that's great growth, isn't it? Shows you if the Holy Ghost gets involved, what can happen? You could plan your whole life and go to every church growth conference they have and not have that kind of growth. Praise God, so they go out there they got a they got three thousand one hundred and twenty now, and uh they're all gathered up and they're listening to Peter, and they said, "What does this mean?" and he says, "These are not drunk as you suppose, but this is the what was prophesied by Joel, you know, and then the outpouring, and he preaches the gospel to them. the Bible says they're pricked in their hearts from the gospel. And said, what must we do to be saved? And he says, repent. Now, what are they repenting of? The Bible says who these people are. These are the committed covenant keeping Jews, the most devout ones. They've come from all over the world and yet he's telling them to repent. Well, what are they repenting of? It ain't drinking, smoking and dancing. Cause these people are keeping the law. You know, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, they're not, they're not sinning. They're not, committing adulteries and fornications and, and all these horrible things, lying, cheating, and stealing. They're not doing it because these are the devout covenant-keeping Jews. And yet he tells them to repent of something. What is it he's telling them to repent of? It isn't, it isn't going to bars and casinos, even though that not, might not be a good place to be. That's not the point. What is he getting them to repent of? Their system of law keeping for merit to heaven instead of accepting Christ and His sacrifice. He said, be baptized every one of you today in the name of Jesus. Amen? And, and 3,000 came in to the kingdom by faith. Isn't that something? I don't know what that did to the synagogue attendance, but I'll tell you what. The church went off the rails. Off the, not off the rails, off the scales. There's a difference in that expression, isn't there? Are you all having a good time? Praise God. I'm just happy and relaxed at home here. Whoa! I'm excited about this message. All right. Again, we got a problem in this story right here with this guy's question. What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And that's the question the whole world is asking right now. If you bring up God, if you ever notice if you ever bring up God to people, they want to start talking about their works instantly. Well, I try to be a good person. I help old ladies across the street. You know, it's like the Boy Scout handbook comes out, you know. I can tie a knot. You know, I mean, all the things that they can do. uh, You know, they, they helped somebody do something. Therefore, I should inherit. I think when I die, if you die, will you go to heaven? Well, I I hope so. I've tried to be good. I I don't lie that often, just when it's necessary. You you know, right? People start talking about their works and what they've done wrong, what they've done right. Well, I did this one horrible thing, but I I have tried to pay for that. And it's, again, the whole problem is not that. The problem is their system, having faith in their system. Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? But Jesus knows he's on the law page. He's talking about Moses. Jesus said unto him, Why calleth me good? There is only one good, there is none good but one, that is God. Then knowest the command, thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, Um, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. Now we know some people that's guilty of all that. (laughs) One person, amen. Seems like one leads to the other. He, we, we won't name. We, 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 we've changed the names to protect the guilty. He answered and said unto him, "Master, all these have I observed from my youth." Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, "One thing thou lackest." Now that's an important part of this lesson because you're going to always lack if you get on that list. Those things are not difficult to follow if you've got the love of God in your heart. God's love covers all that. How do you get God's love in your heart? Well, you know, volunteer to pull weeds at the church. Do whatever. No. Um... When when Christ comes in your heart and the Holy Spirit comes in, he brings his love with it. Yes. Love invades the darkness, changes our stony hearts, which is very selfish. we just after what we can get into our heart of love. Amen. Yes. I don't have time to teach the love chapter, but the love chapter, uh, which is sometimes presented as a challenge. I hate it when it's taught like that. Here's the love chapter. See where you measure up. Well, I don't. I fail. Sorry. Love pays no attention to the suffered wrong. Are you kidding? Churches are all about pointing out the suffered wrong and how long it's going to take you to work it off. This is the truth, isn't it? We're going to, we're going to ignore it, but first we're going to point it out and make you feel like an idiot. And I heard of one church that had a back row reserved for sinners that if you had if you you know if they, if they found out you committed something wrong, they put you on there, and you had to stay there like seven weeks, and report to some committee. Yeah, Word of Faith Church actually that was uh, Word of Faith Church did that. It was called the Mourners Bench or some nonsense. Let he without sin cast the first stone, Jesus said, including the preacher. I had a lady tell me one time and. Tulsa, praise the Lord, God's holy city where Father, Son, and Spirit live, on Mount Olympus there. I had this lady tell me, she kept looking at my face, I'm thinking, what, have I got something, a problem with my nose or some other thing? She goes, like this, I said, what? She goes, I don't know, there's just something about you that's not quite right. I said, you got three hours. I said I could. I can give you the short list in about three hours of all that's wrong with me. What does that have to do with anything? See again this 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 thing of of rule keeping of 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 meriting and earning, and uh, boy, you let a person like that have a major moral failure, and they have a hard time coming back to God because they feel like, well, I've just let him down so bad. I could. He'll never receive me again. I know a person, uh, Scarlett and I know a person uh, very well that felt like uh, this person had a ministry and felt like that it never really took off, you know, or did what it was supposed to do, whatever that means. And um, let me tell you, let me just tell you about that. Well, you know what ministry means? Ministry acceptable to God means fulfilling your calling. If that's to one person, then praise the Lord. But anyway, they didn't feel like they didn't do so well. And they said, I just feel like I've just been a big disappointment to the Lord. And I kept saying, this is where you're making a huge mistake, thinking like that. This is not about this thing here, one thing thou lackest. Anyway, he said, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Jesus beholding him loved him. See, he didn't hate him because he's stuck in legalism, but he loved him and wants him to have a better life. He wasn't trying to take anything from this guy. Don't get this wrong where you think, oh, well, having some money or having some material things, somehow there's inherently wrong with that. That's not what this is about because of what Jesus said to him. He said, give up what you have, and I'll make you even wealthier than you are. So how could being wealthy be a sin? That's crazy. Religion's crazy, that's why. And like Norval used to say, the devil's crazy, and religion's crazy. It doesn't even make sense. We don't even think like this anywhere, but in the church, like I said, we should have a basket out on the front there that says, leave your brain here. Because it's the only place we drop off our brain before we walk in the door. You don't go to the bank like that with your brain out. We come to the church and our brain goes out and we become weird. You can see I haven't preached in a while. I'm a little obsessed. Uh, He said, Jesus loved him, said unto him, One thing thou lackest, you're always going to have that with the law. He said, go thy way, sell whatever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. So again, once again, you got to know the nature and character of God. God Jesus isn't telling him, G- give give up everything And be poor and broke the rest of your life. Because he's going to tell him again. He's going to say to the disciples when they ask the question, what does that mean? He told them. Thank God this is in the word. Amen. Amen. What was Jesus trying to get him to do? Change where his confidence was. His confidence was in his ability to create wealth, his own Merit system with God and all that he's talking about inheriting eternal life. Jesus said treasure in heaven. That's inheriting eternal life Praise God God's never asking you for something. So you do without and now he's got it That's crazy too Y'all getting anything out of this? This is this is wonderful scripture. Jesus looked around about said unto his disciples. Oh, what it's going to say is that it's about trust. This isn't about giving up or receiving hardly anything. It's about trust. Where does your trust lie? Does it rely in God and what he can do for you or in your own hand? Amen. How many's own hand has ever failed you? Has anybody here ever made a bad investment? Has anybody here ever tried to do something and it didn't work out so much? Huh? Anybody? So yet we keep trusting that Babylonian system. We keep trusting the merit system. We keep trusting ourselves and our own instincts. I, the older I get, the less I trust my instincts. I have to. I have to hear from the Holy Spirit. How about you? And I. I measure all of my instincts. I measured them in the Holy Spirit. I'll say, now Lord, this is what I'm thinking I should do. What do you think I should do? Well, you got the Word for number one. Look up what the Word says about it. Number two, you've got the Holy Spirit. All right. He was sad at that saying, this young man, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Jesus looked round about. And said unto his disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. Jesus answered again and said unto them, children, how hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. In other words, he did the Amplified Bible thing here. He expanded and really explained what he meant. Because they're wondering, well, who then can be saved? They're going to ask that. Who then can be saved? He's only poor people and only at a certain income level, and then you better get rid of some of it because you'll be over the salvation line. That's crazy. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle... Than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, just some uh, Holy Land explanation of what that means. Think, well, I've got a sewing needle here, and there's the camel. I got to I got to shove this camel through this uh, sewing needle. No, the needle was a door in the gate. You ever seen an ancient? castle or whatever, There's a lot of times you see this, a fortress. There'll be these huge gates that whole armies can go through, caravans. And then there'll be a little door into the, or next to it, sometimes next to it, sometimes in the gate itself, is the hinge and a frame and a door that a normal man could walk through. That door, you know, if if, uh, if a merchant came and he's got... Two three camels. He, it, the camels are loaded down. Do you get a picture of this with the, all the bundles and everything, boxes? <laughs> I don't know if they were pasteboard boxes. I don't think they had invented the glue yet for that. They had to discover horses before they could get rid of the glue. Sorry, bad. My bad. All right. All um, right. But you have this camel, and you go, and it's midnight, and the city is tightened up, you know, the gates are closed. And you knock on the door, and you say, hey, you know, I'm uh, Ahab the Arab here, and I'm trying to get in with my camel. They don't open the gates of the city for you with your one loaded down camel, or your three camels, or maybe your whole train of camels. That's only for the armies. That's only for big transports so of people and things to get through. So to get one camel through, they open the, the just the little single door. That's called the eye of the needle. And they would open that door. Now, what do you think has to happen for the camel to get through the door? All that the camel is carrying has to be unloaded. So the guy has to take the ropes and untie them all the leather straps, all the things, the camel. The camel has to literally get down on its knees and they have to shove the camel on its knees in the sand through the door and then the camel can be reloaded, stand up and go. It's not impossible. How many see it's not impossible? It's just difficult. He didn't say it was impossible for wealthy people to be saved. He said it was difficult. Because of their trusting in their riches. How many know that would be foolish to trust in riches, especially these days? Did you know that if we had enough runaway inflation and enough, you know, political change and in in a crisis, it's never happened in the United States, but it's happened in Argentina. It's happened in Brazil and Chile that the government decided to stop the inflation to revalue the, their their currency. Anybody ever heard of this? They moved the decimal point. So now instead of having a thousand dollars, you have a hundred. I know a, a minister in Brazil who had was ready to close on his house and he had something like $300,000 in the bank, you know, to close on his house. And they moved and during the night, they moved the decibel, uh, over one figure and now he's got 30,000. Like that. The point is, it's good not to trust in riches. <laughs> Seriously. Brother Hagan prophesied back in the 90s that the day would come when only those who know how to live by faith will survive. And when he said that, we're thinking, oh, that seems extreme. How many can almost on the horizon see something like that as a possibility? Now, we'll pray against it, amen? And we'll do all we can to stand against it. But this is a time... When it's good to, if you haven't developed your faith in this and you're still all flinchy about money and giving and all that, it's time to get over it. And put your trust in the Word and the Living God. Just get over yourself. That's seeker sensitive, ain't it? Get over yourself. But I'm telling you, when the smoke machine putzes out and the cappuccino maker blows up, and, and and all that, you know, and the guitar string, you know, puts, you know, somebody's eye out or something. You understand, you, 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 it, it's good to just know what the Word says. You're just old, Brother David. That's why you're the way you are. No, I drank the Kool-Aid for faith and the Word. Let God be true and every man a liar, including myself. is anybody with me? Am I like the only nut that's escaped the asylum? So he's he, they're saying they're astonished at his at his at beyond measure, they're like out of their minds almost saying who then can be saved? Now their concern, You say, well, well, they don't have to worry. They're just Christ's disciples, a bunch of barefoot, ragtag weirdos following a guy that does peace signs and looks like Tiny Tim around. That's what the image has been painted by religion. Uh, That's not who Christ was, and that's not who the disciples were. The Bible says uh, the minute that, that Peter and his fishing company and others got connected with Christ, they had... Net breaking, boat sinking loads of blessing. You don't walk with Jesus and become poverty stricken. You walk with Christ and God blesses you. He's the blessing. He's light. He's help and hope. Praise God. What kind of a thing are we preaching? Now well, he's in the lonely manger. Well, it wasn't because they couldn't pay for the hotel room. The thing was booked. Well, all they could do is put him in the manger. That's because it was booked. Amen. Not because they couldn't afford the room. He went to to rent the room. He had a working credit card, apparently. (laughs) Bank of Israel. That's a pretty good bank. That's a bank that'll never go broke. The Bank of Israel. We should all put our money there. That's pretty guaranteed. <laughs> but he's can't, you know, it's not because, well, they were just so, you know, they just had dragged themselves into the inn, uh, you know, and this didn't, they couldn't afford any, and, and couldn't afford a room. So the guy says, well, here you can stay in the barn. No, it was because there wasn't the, the, <laughs> the mother's giving birth. And there's nowhere else to go. And so it was like better than being just outside. Amen. So don't get this poverty stricken, starving child thing going with Christ. Because that's not who you're serving. Just quit with that. Well, it's such a sweet story. It's not. Poverty is not sweet. Has anybody here ever like really experienced poverty where there was hunger or whatever? I mean, you know, sometimes in America, you have to look a little hard to find somebody. But I'll tell you what, you go to Haiti and places, I've seen children standing out on the street with their extent, distant, distended stomachs and ribs showing and crying because there's no food. And you're telling me poverty's sweet? It's demonic. Yeah. I'm telling you, Christ died. The Bible says that, that he uh, was uh, sh- stripped. ...of everything he had, he took the curse of poverty on himself as much as he did sin and sickness. Right. He, uh, nobody's more poor than a guy on death row. Because they're not only taking all of his earthly belongings and then no more food and no more anything. He, even when he asked for water, they gave him vinegar on a sponge... These are not nice people. It's cruel and inhumane. And that was the idea, to be cruel and inhumane and cause as much suffering as possible. And so here he is on the cross. Everything he ever had was stripped of him. Not because that's the way he's going to stay. Because he's seated at the right hand of God in the heavenlies. How many believe there's starving children in heaven roaming the streets of gold? Mm Poverty is a curse. That's why we do everything we can to overcome it. Amen. Not only spiritually, number one, but overcome it naturally. And that's why it's appropriate to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, help those. Amen. Maybe your neighbor can't pay their power bills you're going to help them one month or something. right? Come on. Hello, are y'all here? Is there anybody in here? I'm the only person I'm imagining. It's my imaginary church members. I don't know why this is such a touchy subject, but it is. Well, you can almost sense it, you know, and um, but yet, here it is in the Bible. We, well, if you don't like it, just rip that page out. Why have it? I just wish you'd preach something more about butterflies and daisies and lollipops. Praise God. Well, who then can be saved? Jesus beholding them said, uh, only the destitute. He says, with men, this is impossible. But not with God. For with God, all things are possible. With God. So I'm with God. How about you? (laughs) I want to be with all things are possible. I'll just stick with God and the word. Amen. Then Peter began to say unto him, he got to thinking about him and his group. Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And the, the implication is what have we got to show for it? Like we're not sure we blame this guy. Jesus answered and said, Verily, now that's not somebody's aunt, Verily. In the south, that's a possibility. Aunt Verily, isn't she sweet? No, this is, this means, this means emphatically, I say to you. Like, like, do not misunderstand me. How many believe we might want to listen to what Jesus said here? I say unto you, there is no man. How many? Well, there's that one guy that's a martyr. for No? No man that hath left house or brethren. Or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel. In other words, your investment in the gospel. Don't get weird about all that. He, but he shall receive just a little trickle blessing, a thumbs up, a note. It's noted. No what does it say a hundredfold now in this time does it say it'll all be in heaven no now now in this time what are you going to get back houses brethren sisters mothers and children notice it doesn't say and wives for some weirdo trying to use the word to be a weirdo and lands with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. Praise God for that. Amen? Yeah. You know that, You know what? That gives us freedom in giving. We can say, praise God, you know, I can give. I don't have to give begrudgingly. The Bible talks about God doesn't want to begrudge. I don't have to give begrudgingly. I don't have to give with remorse or regret. Or feeling like, I'm, I i don't know, I shouldn't have given that big offering. I shouldn't have done that. Now I need that money. I don't know. Oh, Lord, you know. No, you can give freely and say, praise God. You know, this is not only am I supporting what's important to the Lord, but I am also receiving a hundredfold. Now, you don't want to claim the hundredfold. Fine, don't. But i it's in the word I'm claiming it for me and, and my wife and my church. And I'm claiming it for you, whether you believe it or not. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. You say, well, I don't even want all that. Good, you can give it away and bless others. Amen. Amen. Why would you reject what God wants to do in your life? How many know that the more we have, the more we can do? Isn't that the truth? Praise God. The, The bigger the blessing that we can be. What a privilege it is. To be a blessing. What a blessing it is to be a blessing. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Well, you know, there's been whole articles written in Pentecostal journals against this scripture. But I don't know what you do with it. If you just rip that page out, I guess I don't like it. I had a guy one time who was ranting and raving at me about Mark eleven twenty three? He didn't like it, you know. He just hated the verse. I mean, it was, if you said Mark eleven you'd get mad, you know. He was supposed to be a Christian. He's mad at the words of Jesus. Imagine that. And he says, oh, "All that name it and claim it stuff. I said, well, let's just look at that verse again. I said, uh, now, Jesus said, Whosoever shall say and not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he say shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. I said, what did he mean by that? And then you get this blank stare and a head shake, like, you know, like some kind of a, 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 you know, neurological disorder has suddenly taken over. Because there's not any other explanation than what it says. The word is the word, folks. The word is the word, whether we like it or not. The Word is the Word whether it fits our religion or not. The Word is the Word whether it fits our social consciousness or not. What, what the Bible says is true. Thank God for the Word. Everybody hold up your Bible. If you're watching at home, hold up your, get off your sofa and put down your popcorn and hold up the Bible. Praise God. Hold up your Bible and say, God's Word is true this is God speaking to me. me. This is God's love letter to me. me. Let God be true. And every man a liar. In Jesus name. name. Amen. Amen. Now you can count on it. You can take it to the bank. You can make plans on it. Say praise God when my harvest comes in. This is what I'm going to do. Put it on your vision board, your dream. We need to have Sister Scarlet, uh, Pastor Scarlet, teach us sometime about how to create a dream board because that's really good. I mean, the Bible is, is scriptural. Uh, take, uh, make a, make the vision, write it down, make it plain that those who read it can run with it. Amen. And so you can make a dream board. We have one in our bedroom. And it's got things on there, and it's, it's you know, say, what's on it? Well, some of it's private, you know, but uh, most of it is. But we've got on there things that we desire, that we'd like to see in our life, amen? One of them has to do with the church. I'll tell you one thing that's on my dream board, on our dream board. You know what it says? It says, I got a picture of the church full um, of people from our dedication photo, and I I... I Printed it out and put it on the dream board. And it says 500 church members at Grace Harvest Church. Amen. We could have two services on Sunday and fill this building twice and we could have 500 people. Amen. And I'm believing God and we'll decide what to do after that. Right. But hallelujah. Why not? Do you know it doesn't cost you one red cent to agree with me? So I've got stuff for the church. We've got stuff for Horton Ministries. We've got things personally that are on that dream board. And, and I'm going to have Scarlett sometime, if she'll do it, teach us how to make that and what to do, how to how to do that. And it just every now and then we'll just walk by there and, and reread that. And then we've already had things happen that we've checked that off. Did you know that one of the things was on our dream board was the book that I wrote on uh deep settled peace that was on the dream board way before it was ever a book way before I had any money to give the publisher to print the book. So praise God, you know, things start coming to pass. Amen. That's on that. And, and, uh, say, well, I don't know where the money's going to come from. Yes, you do. It's from, it's from the word. Yeah. Yes, we do. We do know where it's coming from, right. Well, you just can't live like that. That's just crazy. Oh, y- Yeah, this world's not crazy. Listen, the inmates are running the asylum right now, folks. And um, the word of God stands true forever. Amen. Well, that's enough preaching, ain't it? Praise God. You don't want to choke the mule. Praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and thank God for the word. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I just speak a prayer of blessing over this congregation. I thank you, Lord, that these scriptures come to pass in our life and that you said no man has given up anything for the gospel and for Jesus, that it doesn't come back a hundredfold. We claim that blessing in Jesus' name. doesn't matter if we've not seen it. It doesn't matter if we don't know anybody that's received it. It's still in the Bible. It's in the New Testament. And we hold it up and agree in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for those who are watching, who need a healing, who need a miracle, who need a touch of God in Jesus' name. Be healed, be delivered. I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors to dry up and die and fall off in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. Arthritis, I just heard that pop up. Rheumatoid arthritis. Bow your knee to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Any kind of diabetes or kidney failure, disorder, anything, in the name of Jesus, I speak the zoe life of God to to those bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, praise the Lord. God bless you.